Welcome to How I Grew My Practice, the podcast where health professionals share the behind the scenes stories of how they built a thriving practice. Each episode will uncover surprising challenges, victories, and life lessons learned throughout their journeys. Let's get started. Welcome to How I Grew My Practice, a podcast presented by Next Health. I'm your host, Alec Goldman. In this episode, we have Dr. Matt Allen, CEO of Different Kind, here to talk about opening the service delivery black box and measuring the details of the patient experience. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Alec. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here and, and chat about this. It's something I care deeply about and always happy to talk about it. Well, we're very excited to have you. For those who do not know uh, Dr. Matt Allen, Matt, can you just give a quick intro on who you are, how you got into the industry, and uh, how did Different Kind come about? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a dentist by training. Um, I live in the mountains of Colorado. Um, I was doing my specific area of expertise is in patient communication, specifically in an evidence based methodology called motivational interviewing. Uh, so lots of great evidence out there on how that helps both patients and, you know, actually doctors and staff, um, you know, communicate more effectively together. And so um, when I was doing a lot of consulting in that area, uh, I kept getting this question of like, how do we measure this? And one of the gaps that I've always seen in dental, as I'm sure you all see very well as well at Next Health, is this lack of data that really helps us make good decisions or at least inform our decisions uh, instead of just kind of guessing. And so, uh, you know, different kind really started from that question from a lot of a lot of my customers and clients at that time, which was how do we measure patient experience uh, and how do we know we're getting better? Very cool. And, you know, I guess the words patient experience are thrown around uh, like they're, it, what, what does it mean? It, it, everybody has their own definition uh, to patient experience. I guess before jumping into how we measure patient experience, Matt, what, how do you define the patient experience? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I tend to look at some nonprofits in this space that I think are, are very helpful, right? Because they've just been thinking about it for a long time. And they generally tend to be in the medical space, right? If you ask a dental person uh, in you know, the world of what is patient experience, they'll give you an answer. Uh, but generally, you know, it might not be, it, it might be an anecdote, right? Instead of, hey, we've, we've actually researched this for a long time. And so one of my favorites is from the Barrel Institute, um, a great kind of nonprofit think tank um, where they do a lot of research, have a great newsletter, you know, lots of good information on, on patient experience. But it really talks about the idea, uh, and we actually just put this in our white paper, we started with this definition, right, of, hey, here's the definition of patient experience. And I don't have it in front of me right now, so I'm, I'm not going to get it perfect. But the idea that it is the sum of all interactions, uh, I think, is really one of the most important parts of the definition, because... When we think about patient experience, some people are like, oh, I like to focus on this, or I like to focus on this, or here's a really important part. And yes, that's obviously all true, but it is the sum of all of those interactions um, across the spectrum of care. Um, and I think that gets into what we'll talk about, you know, more at different kinds, um, you know, in, in terms of how we're thinking about it and where we see some gaps. Because I think there's a lot of great solutions when it comes to improving patient experience, including Next Health, and, uh, you know, how we fit into that ecosystem, I think, is uh, something we'll continue to discuss. Yeah. So uh, what's really interesting is typically we have a lot of folks who come on the show and are talking about uh, almost everything that's not the actual in-office experience, right? With Next Health, we're really doing tons of work to help uh, before the visit in all the communications from scheduling, forms, reminders, and then post, which is payments, reviews, recalls. We would love to learn a bit from you here on how you're thinking more about 
measuring the in-office experience, right? From the moment they walk into the door until the moment that they walk out. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. I mean, and that to me, that is the service delivery black box. That is the place where a lot of what I would consider in a healthcare journey, a lot of the trust is built, right? Um, on the front end, there's a lot of convenience. And on the back end, there's a lot of convenience. And we can and should be better as an industry about having convenient solutions for patients where they're at and when they need it um, for those types of things. But the moment you walk into an office, right now, all of a sudden, it's no longer can technology make this more efficient? And of course, there are ways that that can happen in the office. Uh, and that's certainly our hope, right, is that we use technology to enhance that uh, experience. But it really is a human to human interaction, right? And that is where trust is built in any relationship. You imagine going to a coffee shop with a friend, right? Um, and you're talking with them, right? Those are the moments when trust is actually built. And so what we see as a gap there is we just don't have any data uh, in general on not how we perceived the visit to go, right? There's a lot of, oh, well, our patient experience is great because we do X, Y, and Z, but that's the clinician voice or that's the office voice. And what we wanna help practices in general bring into that part of the equation is what does the patient actually think and what does the patient feel? Uh, because you might think, hey, wow, I have the nicest you know, front desk space in the whole world and our office is beautiful and whatever, but does that actually matter to patients? Do your patients actually care? Um, and those are the kinds of measurements, right? There's a, a number of different points, both, you know, on the acquisition phase or kind of the, hey, like we're doing things before they get to the office, as well as the retention phase after they leave the office. We measure some of those pieces as well. But especially in that kind of service delivery phase, it matters if somebody on your team is dismissive to a patient, right? They might, you might have done everything right along that journey. And one bad interaction with a staff member can make it so that patient will never come back. Yeah, and I know you mentioned this before that the patient experience is the sum of all of the interactions, right? So uh, how you interact with a hygienist, a dentist, the front, uh, the front desk member, um, all of these interactions, all these moments um, play into somebody's experience and what they think. Yep. Um, but I think traditionally what's so hard is that a lot of this, to your point, goes totally untracked, yeah. right? So what methods and tools are being used by you know different kind to measure the patient experience so that we're evolving and improving it at, at uh, dentist offices totally it's a great question and and i'll start at the kind of some back to the beginning of where we started on some of this because i think it's important right again we're not building you know out in out in space you know on on no foundation right like there's been a lot of it you know research over the past number of years in the medical space on this and so what we did when we started the company, actually before probably even starting the company, was go and you know, really take a look at all of that research, collated it all. And then we looked at, hey, what are the factors along that journey that tend to drive trust and loyalty the most? Because you can measure anything, right? You can say, hey, you know, how nice is our bathroom, right? And people might give you an answer on that. Um, but if you really want to make a difference, then let's look at the things that tend to drive trust and loyalty the most. And so that's where we started. Um, again, you could measure 75, 100 different aspects of the patient experience. That's obviously too many. We kind of collated that down and we said, okay, we have 14 experience metrics. We also measure patient reported outcomes. So actually looking at a patient's overall oral health from their perspective. So, you know, how are they feeling overall? Do they have dental pain, right? Those kinds of outcomes um, and indexing that against other offices to see how well your patients are actually doing in terms of their oral health. Um, so that's, that's kind of where our starting point was. And, you know, we have various metrics. I think one of the things that we just released was this white paper 
on trends in patient experience. Uh, we do collect NPS uh, as a metric, mostly because it's a helpful metric, you know, at, at the top level of like, hey, if you're just going to kind of keep a pulse on things, sure, like that's a fine metric to look at. Um, but if you really want to make changes in your office, it, you know, if, if, if your NPS is, let's say, 30, right, what do you actually do? Like, what are the spaces where you can actually improve? And unless you're asking more things other than just would you recommend us, you're probably not going to have those individual granular areas for improvement. Um, and so what we saw in that data uh, from, from all of our customers is that the things that tend to drive NPS the most are things that offices might not be thinking about. So uh, active listening, shared decision-making, which is involving patients in their decision-making, and what we call patient consideration, which is they were gentle, sensitive to my comfort level, they didn't talk with things in my mouth, right? They let me know before they were gonna lean me back instead of just pushing a button. Um, some of those pieces that I think tend to get minimized or just not thought of um, as we think about systems change within these dental groups and dental practices. So those are the kinds of things that we're really passionate about helping offices improve uh, because they actually do really matter. Yeah, I mean, even as you're going through those line items, like, wow, like, those are the things that, at least for me, like, I really do care about. Like, I love when my hygienist or dentist let me know about certain procedures that are happening just moments before to make me feel kind of just like mentally prepared, right? Um, so inevitably, my, the, I think the next question here is like, those are the things that I, I, I'd agree with personally that mm -hmm. matter to my patient experience. How are you recommending practices to actually measure that so that they can uh, learn from kind of metrics at scale? Yeah, for sure. So the way that we do that is we collect that data for offices after the patient uh, leaves the office. And so, um, you know, there's some good research here. And so we use survey technology to do this. Our, our platform is built using Next Health as, uh, you know, using the synchronizer, which has been super helpful, allowed us to really get to scale a lot more quickly than we could have otherwise. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and, you know, we collect data 24 hours, at least about 24 hours after the experience. Some people are like, why don't you collect it right when the patient leaves the office? And this is an interesting thing from the perspective of just thinking about dentistry specifically. If you were a medical person, maybe coming to dentistry, you might not think about this, right? But people are leaving the office and they're still numb generally in, in dentistry, right? If you've had a procedure and I just don't think that's the right time to measure patient experience at all um, is when you're kind of still in the procedure technically, right? You're still experiencing the effects of the procedure. Uh, we had someone recently tell us that their, um, their you know, daughter went to the oral surgeon, got her wisdom teeth removed, obviously super groggy on the way home and whatever. And they got a text and it was like, will you leave us a review? Um, and so, you know, he's like, I don't really want to respond to this right now. Um, so yeah, we, we measure that the day, the day after it's all anonymous and private, unless the patient chooses to be contacted, which I think is really important as well. Uh, because I think there's something kind of, you know, obviously Google reviews are important for marketing data and being visible on the internet. Like that's just the reality of where we're at in the world. Um, but I also think that it's probably not the best and right way to measure the quality of healthcare in general, right? It's a, it's a different kind of data. And so what we hope to actually give people is that kind of quality data from a patient perspective that says, hey, like, you know, you might really, you really might be struggling with listening, right? And so we're giving that back to them at both the provider level, the office level and the organization level and saying, hey, here are some changes that you could actually make if you're a provider, let's say, um, to help you be perceived as a better listener. Or if you're an organization and you're scoring low on cultural sensitivity, let's say, right, what are the steps that you could take to actually change that within your organization? So those are the kinds of insights that we're trying to drive, uh, you know, at various different levels. 
Can you share any just success stories of companies that are or practices that are working with different kind and how changing probably what was just a very generic NPS score when a patient would leave the office changed it so that not only that they were doing NPS, but were really collecting all of the data, all these tiny little touch points mm -hmm. to improve their patient experience? Yeah, 100%. Uh, the customer that we've actually worked with the longest, it's, it's a fun story, right? They started with us. They have three practices. They're up in Oregon. Um, they started with us and um, we've been working together for about three years now. We started doing this, you know, in our alpha days, right? We were collecting the data on paper and, you know, putting together graphs and Google Sheets, right? It's like the perfect startup story. Um, but it's been really fun. We actually just talked with one of their staff members and they said, you know, for the first time ever, um, you know, in her, in her clinic, right, the, all of their dentists within their clinic had met their productivity goals for four months in a row, um, which, you know, I think in any dental business, right? You, you start talking about that, like, what's the ROI of this? And how do we think about that, right? And we all want to, you know, be meeting our productivity measures. Uh, so that's great, right? That we're seeing that kind of information. But I think hearing from their staff just on like, hey, this actually really helps me on a day-to-day -day basis to better interact with patients. And they see that in the feedback then too. So the, one of the ways they use the data is they're actually taking the narrative feedback that we collect and using that on a relatively regular basis. Our hope is that, you know, it would even be daily, right? To be able to say, hey, we're having a huddle. Here's some things that went really well. You know, Susie at the front desk, you crushed it the other day. Uh, you know, Tom, you were awesome. Jose, you were amazing, right? That kind of, hey, we are recognizing a lot of people on the team. Uh, lots of good data out there from this patient experience work that shows that it actually does improve staff retention. Um, it you know increases treatment adherence, those kinds of things. Um, so we have some of those anecdotes. And again, as we collect more and more data, working to kind of prove out those things, which again, I, I think is a little silly because it's kind of like, hey, it's already been shown in medical to like work again and again. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that in our data, uh, everything looks the exact same. So it's cool to hear you know, anecdotes like that from our customers. Yeah, congrats. I mean, that's, again, selfishly hearing it from uh, thinking about my own experience. Like these are definitely the touch points that matter. Um, mm -hmm. Is your recommendation from a process perspective to take the report that you're sharing with these practices and then have dental practices kind of meet regularly on a daily basis, almost do what lots of I feel like technology companies do. I know a lot of hotels do this. It's called just like a daily standup where they go around the room and say like delivering feedback, or is it more of a, you know, each of your, the, uh, employees of the practice would receive an email. Like what's, what's your recommendation, how to actually deliver the feedback that different kind is collecting? Yeah, so we, I mean, we have the dashboards for each of those individual levels in our hope, right? And, and the way that we try to onboard, you know, customers and, you know, I'm sure you all know this, right, is the desired behavior, right? Like, how do we continue to help drive towards that? Um, you know, is that they are in there at least on a weekly basis, but hopefully on a daily basis, right? To be able to say, hey, what did I do well? And how can I make changes, right? To your idea of a daily standup, um, that kind of continual quality improvement. Um, so we're working on different ways of doing that, both from like, you know, hey, here's, we don't want to bombard people with emails. They've got a lot of stuff going on in the morning, right? Some of that stuff, but we do send out, you know, some kind of monthly highlights. Um, we're happy to jump on, you know, calls with offices and just have a 15 minute data review to kind of look at that and say, Hey, you know, how are things going? Where do you need support? Um, we're building some interesting tools. I think that will provide coaching, you know, in a tech enabled way um, that should be coming out relatively soon, which I'm super excited about as well, because our goal is to have it be actionable. We're collecting this data in real time, which I think is helpful, right? Uh, to your, to, you know, what you guys do. Um, it's super frustrating to 
have to call a place, leave a message, wait for a call back. They don't call you back. You're just trying to make an appointment, right? Like you just want to be able to do that quickly. And in the same way, if you're getting feedback from patients, uh, there's plenty of groups out there that will do that. And it takes a month or six weeks or a quarter, you know, to actually get that feedback, you know, returned. And at that point, it's kind of useless because you're like, I don't remember what happened today or, you know, two days ago, much less, you know, a quarter ago. Um, and so having that in relatively real time is super important. Um, and so, yeah, we, we just hope that, you know, the way that practices think about this is with that kind of continual quality improvement in, in mind and that they would say, yeah, like we want to look at this, you know, as an office, as an organization at relatively regular levels. We think it's helpful for board discussions, those kinds of things as well, for comp discussions, for, you know, uh, reviews, right, on if you're doing any kind of onboarding and doing 90-day review or whatever that looks like. Um, you're, you're finding different ways to include the patient voice essentially into how you think about managing your practice. Yeah, I mean, that's, I had, had all those thoughts before in regards to how it lets a, a dentist kind of provide real-time feedback to all the staff there. Um, obviously, the patient experience is their product. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not something that they can just so closely hold to themselves. It has to be something that's delivered across the practice. Yep. So what better way than to provide, you know, pretty much what sounds like real-time feedback daily uh, at the very granular level so that a dentist can, you know, make changes, not just saying, hey, how do we get more five-star reviews, but how do we make changes in the seat? How do we make changes pre-appointment, post-appointment? Yep. Uh, so I really see the value in what different kind is doing. Matt, totally. you... Um, you mentioned uh, before the next health synchronizer. We typically have very few podcast uh, folks who are joining uh, to talk about that. But yeah. I wanted to kind of just ask you personally. Yeah. You know, how has how are you? Can you explain to the audience what does it mean to build on top of the next health synchronizer, and how has that enabled your business to move with a little bit more speed? Yeah, for sure. So for us, you know, before we kind of knew about the synchronizer, it was this process of saying, okay, it's going to take us X amount of time to build a specific integration. And it's going to, we're going to have to focus and prioritize which, which is the one we should focus on, right? Which obviously excludes a whole bunch of other customers. And then once we kind of discovered, hey, this is a solution that we can use to, uh, you know, essentially get all the data that we need for our product to run. Um, I mean, I think we were up in for sure. I mean, like a matter of hours, probably, you know, um, and like fully operational in less than a week and including testing and all of that stuff. Right. So and that was with 18 different electronic dental records. And maybe there's more now, 19 or 20 or something like that. So just a ton, you know, faster, right, in terms of how we were able to actually get the data that we need to help offices actually measure this. So for us, it was a, it was a total game changer uh, and really allowed us to, um, yeah, just to move a ton faster and to feel like, hey, we can meet most all of our customers exactly where they're at. Um, we no longer have to say, oh, we don't integrate with your PMS, sorry. Um, and that, that was, like I said, just a huge game changer for us. That's so cool. And I know that this might be the silliest question, but why is it so important for your business to be able to integrate with these EHRs? Yeah, for sure. One of the things that we see sometimes in our world uh, is, is that as you're getting this data from patients, right? Uh, if you don't integrate within to the electronic dental record, then all of a sudden you're starting to have to ask patients for all this information. And so A, that introduces errors, but B, it takes them a lot longer. It's a lot more cumbersome, right? And to the point of, hey, let's make it as easy as possible for you. Um, I love one of Cleveland Clinic's general kind of values in their system is like, we will make it easy for you. 
and what a great operational value for you know a healthcare organization or a dental organization to say we will make it easier for you um, and so that obviously doesn't make it easier for the patient um, and then we can actually get a lot more data right when we know specific codes that have been pulled we can link those to parts of patient experience that's one thing we do is we can say hey look your patient experience in hygiene versus oral surgery Here's how it breaks out. Here's where it's not only a person, right, but it might be a type of appointment where you actually need to make changes or bring in some specialists or something like that, right? Because you're just, you know, maybe your patients aren't having a great experience when they come in for endo and it might be worth bringing in an endodontist one day a week or something. So, you know, when we look at, at those, those kinds of data points, we just would not be able to have them, um, you know, if we weren't able to actually pull that data from the PMS. It's really remarkable, um, especially for you to be able to, offer a different kind across so many different EHRs so fast. Um, but even to hear from your perspective, how it really allows for you to have so many more different types of insights, where it's not just based off of the moments that happen within the chair, um, but how that also kind of overlays with all of their historical data, uh, the procedures, their birth date, where they're from, income, all these different factors that yep. allows for you to really offer much more specific advice. So that's uh, really cool and we're yep. I agree probably speak on behalf of the entire Nexel team, how excited we are for you. Yes. Well, thank you all for your support and help in that. Of course. Um, Matt, we're coming up to time. I know you got a, a 12 o'clock uh, hard stop, but I want to give you one last opportunity. If you have anything else to share, just kind of on the black box of service delivery uh, and measuring the patient experience. Yeah, I would say I thought a lot about this, right? It just in general as, as a profession. And I would say the first step is we just need to start. Uh, moving beyond NPS. If that's all anyone got from these 20 minutes of, hey, like we, we capture NPS, but that's it, right? My encouragement to all of us would be to start moving beyond that uh, using whatever tools are out there, right? Um, use whatever is at your disposal, um, but start moving beyond just NPS because I think you really will find data that surprises you, A, and, and B, allows you to actually become the kind of practice where patients really do want to come again and again and again. Matt? Thank you so much for joining. Um, for those listening in, if you care to download uh, the thought leadership piece that Matt is talking about, it's called Trends in Patient Experience 2023. You can find it on the Next Health Podcast site for Matt. Uh, you can also find it on different kinds of website. Matt, thank you so much for joining today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me, Alec. Have a good one.